Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Think about this for a second. When you were a kid, depending on how old you are, what was the future? What were we promised in the future? The one thing that we sort of hung our hat on, and this was the thing we were going to get, it was flying cars. What, ever since the Jetsons came along and George had that little mini UFO thing of his, flying cars have been held up as the symbol of the future we all dreamed of and could hardly wait for it to arrive, right? Um, well, where are they? Where are our flying cars, for goodness sake? Jetsons probably came out at least 60 years ago, probably more like 70 years ago now. They had flying cars. We still don't. But you know what? They may be closer than you think. There are all kinds of companies that have been working on flying cars for a long time now. And there are prototypes out there. They're already built. Some have been tested, those sorts of things. So so in some capacity, flying cars do exist. But certainly, you're not going to see one on the commute home today. But you might sooner than you think. Uh, the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration has said that electric air taxis could be flying in the skies five years from now, by 2028. And believe it or not, some manufacturers of these things have said, why 2028? We'll be ready in 2025. In two years, we'll be ready to unleash a fleet of this thing. So where are we? And what has to happen before we can get to a place where we might run into an electric flying car on our drive home after work? How close is it? We're going to chat with Nigel Waterhouse, who is president of Can-Am Aerospace. Nigel, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time today. No, it's a pleasure. So we've got we've got flying cars. They exist, right? There's all kinds of test models and, and prototypes that are out there already, correct? Yeah, that's right. There's actually uh, five companies currently that actually have working prototypes. Um, in terms of working prototype, what does that mean? Like, is, is this something that you know, theoretically, could be pressed into use in relatively short order? Like, are they at that point? They're not quite there yet. Uh, there's two or three companies that have actually got an aircraft that they're testing, uh, but it's not testing in the point where they're going to be carrying people and doing official flying with it for certification yet, but they've done some preliminary unmanned tests like, for example, they've done a, a hover test where the aircraft has been tethered to the ground uh, and they've done uh, some very, very short hops on an airfield uh, where the, the aircraft has been controlled remotely, exactly how you would fly a, a drone. You mentioned a drone. That's most of the pictures in the video I've seen of these vehicles. That's what we're talking about, right? A, a very big drone with the rotors. Is that the concept that looks like it's going to be the winning idea here? Essentially, yes. It's, yeah. uh, it's called powered lift, and uh, they're, they're basically mauled on the, on the drones that we've been seeing for quite a long time. And these are all electric, obviously, and that's one of the things that we're talking about in terms of, uh, you know, these electric taxis. They're all going to be electrically operated, right? That's the plan currently, yes. There may be some changes down the road because of uh, 
some certification requirements, but uh, as of now, they're all electric. The certification that you mentioned there, that that's the interesting element to me, because obviously, when you're, if you're going to be talking about using these things as taxis, and the FAA is within five years, I mean, there's going to have to be an incredible amount of safety standards, certification, all this stuff. How do you go about doing that with something that, like you say, it doesn't even really exist at this point, Nigel, to a point where you can you can do this kind of testing? How do you get started on that? Well, this is one of the complications. So the regulatory authorities, such as Transfer Canada, FAA, and EASA, they don't have standards in place currently for these types of aircraft. And so they have to come up with special rules that are specifically for the type of aircraft that is being developed. And the aircraft has to go through what they call a type certification process, which every aircraft has to go through in order to uh, be legal to, to fly uh, commercially, for example. Mm-hmm. And that involves a complete engineering and design review of the airplane uh, from its structure, its systems, the way it flies, how it performs, how it performs in adverse conditions. And none of the companies currently in development of these aircraft have actually started an official certification flight test program yet. They're all, there's a couple that are starting to do that next year. Okay. And this is where, if there are problems, that we're going to start seeing them. Because right now, all they've been doing is saying, hey, look, it flies. It hovers, it goes forwards, it goes backwards. But to get that thing certified, there's a lot of very difficult and time-consuming uh, flying that they have to do, like thousands of hours. Do you think we're at a point now where this is a foregone conclusion and this is going to ha- happen? It's just a, a matter of time. Like you say, there's hurdles, but they'll be overcome and we'll see these soon? Yeah, I think we're going to see these aircraft operating in, in some form or another. It may not be how everybody is envisioning now, where we have this sort of air taxi, uh, like the Uber style, where you're going to walk out your door and this aircraft is going to be waiting for you on the street and it's going to take you to wherever you need to go. There's a lot of infrastructure that has to happen before that gets to the point. And there's going to be a lot of these companies that are going to go away also. like They're just not going to be able to. Yeah make these things happen, they go bankrupt, They're, the aircraft are not going to be able to be certified. There's, you know, there's the whole infrastructure, they're talking about building these airports called vertiports, which is uh, where you can uh, go and catch your UVTOL. Um, so it may end up just being uh, another version of a, of a helicopter or a business jet for the rich guys to uh, zip around on it, whether it becomes like a mass transit yeah like we think of taxis and yep. buses and trains uh, i think there's a big question mark on that any any idea in terms of cost and like i say i know it's early and you know we're not seeing these things mass produced but at this point if we're gonna let's say in 2028 we're gonna have this fleet of taxis and like you say it may only be for the very rich like we're using helicopters what do one of these things cost nigel do you think uh, to purchase one? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of numbers. So I've seen numbers ranging from one to three million. Wow. Which uh, is actually cheap in terms of what it is. 
if you consider the most basic aircraft that you can buy now, like a Cessna 172, which is a, a four-seat single-engine light aircraft that's been in production since the late 50s, and you want those will cost you a half million dollars. Okay. It's nothing new. So when they say one to three million for an air for an EV toll, I think it's getting closer to the the ten plus million dollars by the time they're done. Uh, and there's been all kinds of predictions for the cost of actually getting a ride. And uh, last year the estimation was around the price of a, a limousine, so like maybe one hundred fifty two hundred dollars for a, a thirty mile trip, but. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen for yeah. that to to take place. Like you know, if you're going to go to a, a specially designed uh, vertiport, there's probably going to be costs associated with that. It's not going to be a point to point. You're going to have to go to where the these aircraft are operating, and you're going to have to go from where they operate to. It, it's not going to be point to point. So it's hard to say. There's a lot of costs. We don't know how much it's going to cost to actually certify these things or whether, in fact, they will be ready when they say they are. I think these timelines are a little bit optimistic. Okay, interesting. But we're on the road, but you think we may have to be a little more patient than than we're hearing. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite some time before you and me are going to be uh, right. hailing one of these things or jumping on one anytime soon. Especially in Canada, we're a little bit behind. The, the FAA, like you say, they're they're uh, producing some operational rules to allow these things to fly around. But trust uh, Canada, uh, a little bit behind the times on it. So for us here, it's going to be quite some time, I think. Okay, okay, great information, Nigel. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here. Pleasure. Take care.